Welcome, you're listening to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper in content and conversation of last Sunday's sermon at Westside in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. All right, we're back. We're back. Welcome back to the rest of the sermon. We're back. We're Welcome in, back. Man, we're in it quick. We're here at Joe Rogan Studios uh, in Austin. I'm just kidding. That is not where we are. Um, but we are starting off in a little bit of a different, a uh, little bit of a different pulse, a little bit different way. Um, this past week has been a roller coaster and a little bit uh, different in terms of our rhythms and our schedules and it's stuff. Been great. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, had a yeah. man. I had a blast this weekend. I don't know about you. It was really good, man. It was really, really good. Tell the good. people what took place. Yeah, man. So well. I don't want to get too deep into into what happened, but I'll kind of touch touch base, and then we can kind of bounce off of that. Nice. But uh, Friday, we shot guns. Yeah, we did. Uh, we went out to friend's farm and shot skeet. Um, a friend brought a shotgun that looked like a laser tag gun. Yeah, we shot an AR. Shot we shot an a AR shotgun, shotgun. Shot a nine nine millimeter, mm-hmm. and then we shot a three fifty seven Magnum that yeah. was yeah so loud. Yep. That two shots in, yeah. I turned around and said. I don't have ear protection, <laughs> and I cannot continue to fire. I mean, I was shooting the shotgun without ear protection, right. and when yeah. I shot that gun, yeah, man, I stopped. Yeah, it was piercing. It's a, it's a, it demands a presence. It, 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 it was God attention. giving Moses the law. <laughs> it was thunder. So bro. I imagine, like in in moments in the Bible where the Lord is like, "Hey, speak to the rock and uh, speak to the rock, and it will produce right. water," like Mount Horeb and stuff like that, or the rock at Horeb. And then Moses hits it. At, like we have this Sunday school <laughs> idea of like he taps it with a stick, and right. it's like a trickle, and everyone takes a turn at the water fountain. I imagine it sounding like that that magnum, magnum, an explosion, Gosh. and like a volcano sized chunk of rock comes out of the side of Mount. And Horeb, apparently and then, that gun, and then a waterfall. <laughs> yes, that gun was a shorter barrel, yeah. so it was like a self-defense gun, yeah. so it just made it yeah. I, I don't I didn't know that until why, later, but that, that's what made it so loud. I didn't even care so much about hitting those little metal targets after I started pulling the trigger once or twice. Yeah. I just wanted to shoot it as fast as I could. It yeah. felt like I was at a concert. I kept yelling, "Get out on the ground." <laughs> there was nobody, there was no situation. I was just doing that. One of our guys had an AR and he was aiming at a target further away. We were just yelling at him, "He's got your wife. Yeah. He's got your dog." Because right. that's what grown men do. Yeah, yeah. We just turned into children yes. again. So we did that on Friday. Yeah. Um, Why did we do that? Why did we do that? Yeah, we had some. We had some guys come out. Some good friends. Yep. Um, uh, ben Hardman and um, and Matt Reynolds yep. and Brian. I forget Brian's. last name. I can't name. say Brian's last name. Okay. It's, it's an eclectic last name. Okay. But and it's then, great. And then Danny Spinks. Yep. Um, and they all came out from a Grace family of churches. Yep. Um, and they are sort of centrally located in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Um, and Ben actually preached for us on he Sunday. He did, man. He uh, did. Which was fantastic. They um, met with the board Friday, board and staff yeah. Friday night, and then had a great dinner um, at Foxtrot Coffee. And then they trained the board and volunteers Saturday there yeah. at the church. And our hearts were just full, grateful. You can check these guys out, gracefamilyofchurches.tv. Yeah. Um, you can check them out. Westside's in a conversation with them. But but before anything logistical, they just are brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. and just a fantastic um, family and network of churches, man. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, ben preached on Sunday. Who's Ben? Who's Ben to you? Uh, yeah. who's, who's Ben to the Grace family of churches? And yeah. uh, who's Ben to us as a church at Westside? Yeah, Ben is first and foremost just a local church pastor. Grace Marietta is where he's at there in Georgia. 
um, uh, just a, a faithful pastor, preacher, and teacher of God's Word, a husband and a father, and then to me, he's sort of been like a pastoral coach through another network, through um, the Gravity Leadership Network. Ben yeah. was sort of my personal coach kind of through the pandemic and all of that stuff and just a wealth of knowledge and information, very relational coach. Yeah. Not one of those like spreadsheet, we right. got to get these goals, we got to, you know, n- <clears throat> nothing like that, just a come alongside, walk with you, very humble leader. Yeah. And so that's who he is to me. To the Grace Network, um, he's a he's a Grace pastor. Yeah. And so with Matt Reynolds, who is the uh, director, sort of the uh, chief executive operator. Yeah, his desk um, is made of mahogany. Yeah, right. You know, that's like a, yeah, metal, right. a metal tag on his and door. Then, <laughs> yeah, and then knowing Matt Reynolds, that's even oh, greater. So you know? great to get to know you, Matt, if you're And listening. then Buddy, man, uh, or I'm sorry, Danny, um, who talked about Buddy, but Danny was just a wealth of knowledge who sits on the grace board there. And so those guys came in and yeah. trained for us, man. Danny's and, everyone's dad. Yep. Yeah. Danny is yeah. just a... Danny fit into the context of Papa Bluff very well with yeah. the Georgia twang. <laughs> Danny had a Georgia Southern twang yeah. that was so disarming that he could say the most heart-wrenching thing to you. Um, <laughs> so corrective, so whatever, and you would just receive it. Yeah. You know, you would, you know, hey, listen, I need yes, to sir. tell you that your life, your life is falling apart <laughs> and you're headed down and all of it, you're responsible and you would just go, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know. That's how you would receive it. So yeah, yeah please check them out. Grace yeah, family absolutely. of churches for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was awesome. Well, th- this Sunday, um, Ben walked us through this idea uh, and we'll talk about what he talked about and then we'll talk about why. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ben was in John chapter 19. Um, I'm just going to read the text that, yeah, that he jumped into, and then we can talk about it a little bit. Um, and it's in the context of family. So John chapter 19, if you're following along with us, will be in verses 25 through 27. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John chapter 19. But standing by the cross of Jesus, where his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, that would be John, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good God, good Thanks stuff. Thanks be to God for his word. So we talked about, so Ben brought us through this idea of like church's family. Yep. And not just church's family, but the kingdom of God is family. And that there in, in this moment on the cross, we see Jesus caring for his family mm-hmm. um, while he's sort of creating a new family. Yep. Um, and I, I just sort of want to lead us in why, with this question, why is it important to view the church as a family? Yeah. Why is it important that we come to this idea of our weekly gathering, um, we, we gather, we scatter, uh, we visit with one another in our homes, we're living life together. Why is it important to view that as family and not just sort of like an addition to our lives? Yeah, I think that's a question that's tough to understand that even Jesus's family had a tough time understanding. Like Ben mentioned that Mark passage where right. Jesus is teaching and his family comes in and He's are crazy. like, don't listen to him. Right. Get him. We need to talk to him. And they're like, your family's looking for you. And Jesus is like, who is my family? Yeah. But whoever does the will of my father is my brother and sister. Yeah. And that's a huge statement. And so Ben talked about, just like you said, like God is forming a new family. He's always doing that. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, I think it's important to view it that way, not just because the scriptures teach us that that's the primary way to view it. Right. But I think if you view it any other way, it drifts into something else. 
you know, whether it be a corporation yeah. or whether it be um, business or whether it be um, just kumbaya or yeah. anything like that. I think if you view it any other way other than a relational aspect, um, it's it's going to be harmful in the end. Yeah, you know? well, that's one of the things I want to ask, like, because we live in a day and an age where it's very easy and very tempting to lean into the church environment as a business, yeah. as a corporation, to make sure that all the all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed and everything's perfect on a Sunday and and uh, if nothing goes wrong and everything's going right. Sure. And, and can you operate as a family? And this is just, this is more like a philosophical question. Yeah, sure. Like, can you operate as a family in a business environment, especially in the context of a church? Yeah, I think it's both and. So and, I think when we look at Proverbs, there's a lot of instructions because the church is a 501c3 non-for-profit organization. Right. And so there's some things that you better have sheared up, you know, from a legal aspect. And so anybody that approaches it like, well, we don't need anything to guide us, <laughs> it ends up being like a river without banks. Right. You know, you might be really wide, but you're not going to be very deep. Right. And then when it leans heavily the other way that this is a corporation, then it you know, as a factory type of a thing. Yeah. And so I think it's a both and. And and I think just like any family sometimes sits down and goes, hey, let's look at our calendar. We're going to plan out vacation. Yeah. Here's what we're doing. Hey, guys, we're not going to eat out that mom's, you know, got the dinner schedule ready for us. Yeah. A family has to operate on some guidelines uh, as well. Yeah. And, and, and the church is the same. Yeah. But I think at the core of it, um, it has to be relational yeah. because that's how God relates to us. Yeah. If we, God says that I'm your father, therefore that makes us uh, on the uh, horizontal level brother and sister. Yeah. And I think if you relate to anybody else any other way, I think what was so impactful when Ben was talking about that and spending time with these guys this weekend, these guys are in Atlanta, Georgia. Right. Some of them we've never met before. Yeah. And by the end of the weekend, um, we were close, but we were close on a different level because they're our brothers in Christ. Right. And that's just so cool to see, yeah. man. It's just so cool yeah. to see. Well, I, th I think the idea that we're leaning into right now is the idea of care. Yeah. Um, like a, a, fam a family that plans and is well-structured uh, and is, is not so chaotic, um, really it's, it's, it's founded in this idea of care, that we want everyone to be taken care of. Yeah. We want to make sure that everybody's okay and yeah. that we're all going in the same direction and we're going to be okay as we go in that direction. Um, Galatians 6.2 says to bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ, that law of Christ to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Right. Um, and I really love this quote that been uh, quoted by Robert Stolero. Stolero? Um, he said, and this is kind of about the idea of care. He said, trauma mm. is when severe emotional... These are huge words. Yep. Trauma is when severe emotional pain cannot find a relational home in which it can be held. Which, when he said that, I immediately thought of WandaVision, and maybe that should be an entire podcast. Because that is, uh, that's, oh man. Yeah. I would love, so if, if I've got any WandaVision people out there, please send us an email at info at westsidepb.org. Yeah. 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 And, and we can chat about that. But yeah, when Ben discussed that, I was like, ding, yeah. ding, ding, Don't ding, ding, ding. Don't spoil it for me. Yeah. Kayla and I are maybe two or three episodes in, and we've not uh, oh, we've not finished it, and man. We, we need to. So. It's, it's a show all about trauma. But yeah, so so Ben mentioned how the church can be that relational home. Yep. That uh, And not just like... Should be. Yeah, and, and not... Not the idea of Pastor Jason, Pastor Tyler are the relational home individually for when I am in a moment right. of relational trauma. Now, we are here for that. We are here for for care and for our, our flock and shepherding our people. But we talked about how the church as a whole, all of the members of the body, to use that language, can be that relational home. 
for someone who has severe emotional pain. The priesthood of all believers, man. Yeah, man. And so like that's that's our job as the word of God says is is God God gave the church, the pastors, the teachers, evangelists, the 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 prophets to build up the saints for the work of the ministry, to yeah. train them for the work of the ministry. To I would be like to home. speak to that for just a yeah, second. Let's talk about that. That is um for a majority of those people listening um, you know, technically, I'm going to be your nerd friend and nerd out for a second. We would be Protestants, Protestant, because in the 1500s, we protested something, which was um, at the time, uh, the Roman Catholic Church, Martin Luther, Protestant Reformation. But one of the huge doctrines of the Protestant Reformation was the priesthood of all believers, meaning yeah. until that time, the common person didn't have access even to the Bible. The Bible was read in Latin in the Mass, and the common people, uh, the poor people, didn't even understand what was being read. Right. And so a lot it's of kind of hard to learn Latin. Yeah, a lot of people say that Luther unchained the Bible from from the pulpit. But in light of all of that, the reason why that was such a big deal is Luther and Calvin and these reformers taught exactly what we're talking about. That people felt like orphans. Yeah. So so if the language we're using is if the church's family and um, this is the right language, then if we don't feel that, then we feel like we are orphans. And um, up until that time, that's sort of what it was. But Luther and them taught, listen, man, you don't have to go to this guy who you think has special access, right. who tells you to do X, Y, and Z, and then God hears your pr- pray for, yeah. Pray for one another. Right. Pray for one another. This is the heart of yeah. what Paul talks about. And so the guy with special access came down in the form of a man. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and I think I the reason why I think that's so important is because by default it, it's important for us to know our history because if not we're doomed to repeat it. Yeah. And I see that in churches. Yeah. I need to talk to the preacher. Right. I need to talk and listen, that's awesome. I get that. Yeah. I understand in preaching there's an emotional relational connection that went just like this weekend when Ben was preaching First off, it was beautiful to just sit there and receive the word, yeah. and and he did such a good job, man. But to go, oh my gosh, that guy's like in my head. That guy knows what's going on. Right. Well, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's the power of God's word. And I understand, like, man, I need to talk to that guy because if I if I could talk to that guy, yeah. Well, little secret here, like <laughs> Wizard of Oz, peek behind the curtain. That guy's had like twenty hours this week. Yeah. To like craft, I mean, if he's worth his salt, right. to like craft and go, man, I bet people, are, you know, and then if he's a pastor, which are the best preachers, because yeah. they know their people, they know right. what their people are going through. Right. And so there's this thing that happens in the moment, and the reality is you just need to sit back and praise God for his spirit yeah. and for his word. Yeah, man. And so, but the power is lies in in the priesthood and that we are family members and we yeah. carry each other to the cross. Yeah, man. That's what we do, yeah. man. I paraphrased this from Ephesians 4 earlier, but I'm just going to read it. Ephesians 4, uh, 11 and 12. And he, Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints. Equip was the word that I missed. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry and for the building up of the body Amen. of Christ. And so so this is this idea of care. Like it's it's not just whoever is on staff at your local church. It's the physical entirety of the body of your local church that can be that relational home for those who are in severe emotional pain. Yeah. So I got two questions. How have we failed at being that relational home? Mm. Um, and then how can we move toward being that relational home? How have, yeah. we, how have we failed? Well, I love what one of Ben's first points were, which is God's still working on the family. Yeah, man. And, and I love what Augustine said is that, the church is a whore, but yeah. she's my mother. I thought of that too when he said that. And and I just like, 
I, I love Augustine's quote, first off, because it's raw and real. Right. But it's this idea of it's so broken. It's so, man, when we look back at the history of all of this, but the reason why it matters is because there's a deep love for it. You know, yeah. it's it's this idea that it's something that it isn't, that it should be, but praise God, it's not what it was type of a thing. Yeah. And so I think we failed at it when, when we lose sight of the message that forms the family. Yeah. And the message that forms the family is that anybody can come in. Yeah. Through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, anybody can be adopt, uh, adopted into this family. This yeah. is the good news. Yeah. And when we stray from that, later on when we come in the family, we have... So Spurgeon always said that we start out as the prodigal and that every Christian has the temptation to then become the elder brother. So we start out far away. Our father adopts us and brings us in. And then the longer we're in the father's house, we start going, well, I didn't get that. Right. Well, I, I obey. Right. I've never drank cuss or chewed or go with girls that do. And yeah. he's throwing a feast for it. And then we become this self-righteous person. Right. And I think that's where the fracture and breaks down in the yeah. family. Like I remember my dad was a pastor and my dad had a bus ministry and they would bus in these kids uh, just from all parts of, of the city and town that we lived in. And these kids would hear the gospel, and they were rowdy. They didn't grow up in church. Right. It was a breath of fresh air. My dad loved it because he was a bus kid. Right. My mom was a bus kid. So they had a heart for this. And I'll never forget a deacon coming up and, and complaining to my dad in the service, saying those bus kids were so loud in church. And uh, dad just heart, his heart just broke because he thought, well, if they weren't here, it would have been too quiet. <laughs> Like, that's great. Like, like yeah. I, you know, that's what he said. Like, what well, if they yeah. weren't here, it would have been too quiet. Like, yeah. this is the point, man. So yeah. to, to succinctly answer, I think we've done it a disservice when A, we forgot the message, and yeah. B, when we become that self-righteousness, yeah. when we get new family members. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, totally. So, well, and I think I, there's another aspect of this that comes to mind when I was typing up this question. Like, we we live in a day and age of, of the uh, celebrity pastor yep. um, where... We feel and and we've been sold this bill of goods that like unless something monumental emotionally and physically <clears throat> is happening to you at a gathering or because of a service or whatever, yep. then something's not right. Yes. And so I need to A, to solve my problem or to address my trauma, I need to A, talk to the person where the monumental stuff is coming from, which is the celebrity on the stage yep. or whoever's leading worship or preaching or teaching in that moment. Um, and B, that Ordinary life has nothing to offer me. Oof. That or, ordinary experiences have absolutely nothing to teach me mm. and nothing to offer me. And that is a huge mistake. Oh, man. Um, gosh, man, what, what's the phrase that you always use? God, use ordinary thing, uh, God uses ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things. I mean, that's literally the story of the Bible. Yeah. And, God, and, and, and when I think when you look at your regular family, yeah. We, we struggle with this just yeah. as being parents. Yeah. Like we think, like today was just, you know, the day that we're recording this is Tuesday. Right. And, you know, it was rainy and right. we were trying to get the kids off to school and did kind of a quick prayer in the right. car and, and some of this stuff. And, you know, in my mind, I'm sitting there thinking like, ah, you know, today we didn't really knock it out of the park right. before the kids went to school. Yeah. But the reality is, is... It's like consistency. It's right. just in the ordinary. Yeah. And that's where God wants to work. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think the language that you've used uh, from the atomic habits, is, yep. that, is that the yeah. uh, consistency versus intensity? We yep. talked about that a little bit this yeah. weekend. And and yeah, man, I think that's a home run. Um, I'm, 
even when you even when you break down the way that Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, he yes. wasn't like when you're in the temple and the sacrifice is perfect the and there's God, so yes. much blood pouring out right. in the front the of the altar. The kingdom of God is like a sword. Yeah, he yeah. says the kingdom of God is like a farmer who's got some seed, mustard seed. Yeah, wah, the, wah. <laughs> right? I mean, how like, disappointing is right? that? The kingdom, you know? the kingdom of God is like a boy who ran away from his dad, yep. like uh, who wished he was dead and wanted all of his money now. Like yeah, it's it's the it's the everyday moment that God is present and at work in. And I think that if we pay attention and we're aware of those moments, we can start to see, ah, these ordinary families that are around me, I can really live life together and God can do some big work on some big pains in my life through these people. I want to turn this to application for anybody listening. I I think I just have two things, two words of encouragement. The first one is this, is if you're part of a church family and it has a lot of problems and you're feeling discouraged... Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. You're yeah. in it. You're in a church. You're in it. Congratulations. The fights is called a church, right? Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> Great. Spurgeon said, if you find the perfect church, don't join it because you'll ruin it. Because we're all sinners. Okay. Right. So if you're in it and you're feeling like, ah... Man, I mean, we even in our training this weekend, it was great to get people in the room and go, man, I'm kind of struggling with this, and we yeah. have this communication error here. And But at the end of the day... We know that the relationship's not on the line. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, the difference is not if you if you uh, drop the ball on your part, then this relationship's over. Well, yeah, that's a contract. That's not a covenant. So right. if you're struggling, listen, kudos to you. You're in it. You're in the local church. Yeah. Just like if you're a parent listening to this. Yeah. And you're struggling. Awesome. You're parenting. Yeah. Please don't give up. Yeah. The second thing is this is never underestimate your role in the family. Oof, that's a good one, man. Please. Yeah. So the power of a text message, the power of to another family member, the pa- I mean, you know, listening to this right now, the power of when your mom or dad or somebody sends you the text message of, hey, in my prayer time today, you were on my heart and mind, and I just wanted to just shoot you a message so you right. not give up. God loves you. Yeah. Dude, that will change the course of yeah. the trajectory of somebody's week, man. So please do not underestimate your role in the church family. Yeah. Do not pull back. Press in. Yeah. Press in. Press yeah, in. That's so that's good. just the two words. No, those that's a, and those are great application ways of how we can become that relational home to one another. Yes. And, and one of the terms um, that Harbin used this weekend was fiercely loyal. Yes. Um, I forget the the author oh. he's quoting from there, but he said this: what every church needs right now is people who are not just around, not just available, but fear. Availability is where it starts, yep. but fiercely loyal to God, the mission of the church, and to one another. You know what I thought about when he said that? I don't know, but you're going to tell us. I thought about my brothers because there was a time, I'm the youngest of four boys in our yeah. so it was just a house full of boys. How like, are you the runt of the litter, bro? Right, <laughs> right, right, me. yeah. My older brother, my oldest brother's 15 years older than me, so so there's quite wow. a bit of age difference. But there was a rule, dude. You don't rat on your brother. Yeah. Like, you don't. You take it. Like, <laughs> you take it, he takes it, you look at each other while you're taking it, and you just take I it. I feel like, so bad, Cody. I ratted you out so often <laughs> growing well, up. And, and I think my older brother just, like, instilled that in us, like, yeah. you know, and, and I'm not saying that's actually a good thing. <laughs> sure, I'm, I'm no, just no. meaning... It's for the sake of what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah, this is good. I thought about that, and then I thought about, like, war movies. Mm. Guys that were in the trenches together. Brothers in battle. You know, Tom Brokaw in his book, The Greatest Generation That Ever Lived, talking about guys that fought in World War I and World War II, that when they came back, they came back. That's where the phrase comes from, the band of brothers. Yeah. And, the, and they were in these trenches together. And what would, like, let's just imagine and dream together. 
what would it look like if the majority of the family in the church knew I'm just fiercely loyal to you, man. Yeah. Like no matter what, I'm mm-hmm. committed to you. Like when are you going to give up on Bill? Never. Yeah. Even if he hurts me. Yep. Yeah. Ne- never. Even if Bill hurts me or I What hurt about him? Susie? Yeah. When are you giving up on her? Never. Yeah, man. Just never. Like I and and I I don't know the answer, but what I know is my commitment. Yeah. You know, rather than critiquing everything, what about just the commitment? I'm yeah. not giving up on you. Yeah. And the safety that that would bring, as Steve Cuss would say, like that would eliminate half the anxiety in the room. Yeah. Like I know that my relationship's not on the line. Yeah. I just love that he said fiercely loyal. Yeah. That's good, man. That's good, man. I'm just I'm just immediately thinking of the cross. Like yes. the, the one Yes, our sin. It it was my sin that held him there. Mm. Um, my goodness, like our the weight that we bear. But still, thinking of Jesus being so fiercely loyal to God's kingdom and God's mission, and to every individual in history, yes, all the way to now, and even to those who were crucifying him, yes, praying for them in that last moment, like Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And Amen. and I'm just thinking about fiercely so. Fierce loyalty, man. That that that's huge for the church, and I think that's another way that we can be that relational home. Is just say we've got your back, yep. like regardless. If you hurt me, you're gonna hurt me. We're gonna hurt each other, and that's okay. And we'll work through that. But I'm fiercely loyal to you in this. Yeah. Um. So fiercely loyal to God and the mission of the church, and to one another. And as we wrap up, sort of the idea, we got another section we want to jump into here after after a Sunday sermon. So we're gonna wrap up with these two questions. What would you t- What would you say to someone who's hesitant about church? coming to a local church due to wounds, whether they're, they're fear of being wounded or ha- fear of being wounded again. I've been wounded in the past. I ain't going in there. It's full of a bunch of hypocrites. Or, yeah. man, I've heard stories. Ain't no way I'm going in that building. Sure, what would you say to somebody? Question. Yeah, I feel the weight of that question. And first and foremost, if you're listening to this and you're somebody who observes the church from a distance because you've been hurt, I just think it's very important for you to hear that we see you. We see you. We hear your story. Um, You're valuable. You matter. Um, The kingdom of God uh, needs you. And and I don't mean need you in the sense of God can't accomplish this without you. I mean like your brothers and sisters need you, you know. And so first and foremost, I just think it's important to acknowledge the the trauma there and, and, and to go, I'm so sorry that you dealt with that. Secondly, I would say Jesus tells us to be as uh, wise as serpent and innocent as doves. People don't like remember Jesus saying that, and he right. says that to his disciples when they go out. So I think there needs to be discernment when it comes to joining a local church. Mm. Like what hurt you in, in the past? Was it a leadership failure? And, and so when you go and you're looking into a next church, you need to ask yourself, How's the church structured? Yeah. What are the bylaws? What's the you know financial transparency? Like all of that stuff. I mean, I think people hear me all the time say, "I grew up in church. I saw some horrible things happen." Yeah. So at West Side, pause real quick. If you're if you're uh, thinking about asking those specific questions to a church, who do they go to in the church? Is that the boards? At the yeah. pastor? Is that a local? Just a local member? Sure. I think um, just speaking from a place of a pastor. Yeah. I think it would be good to share your story first. Yeah. 
rather than barrage of questions. Yeah. So, because because that can be very intimidating coming yeah. from from my perspective. So let's say we're out in the lobby on a right. Sunday, you're a first time family and you beeline to me and you're like, hey, what are the bylaws? What are your bylaws? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to have a flag come up, you <laughs> right. know, and go, whoa. Oh, you know, okay, love you, but What's whoa. What's your name? <laughs> yeah, whoa. You know, that's, you know, that's like meeting my wife and I for the first time going, so what are you struggling with in your marriage? You're like, whoa, man, there's trust here. Like we need to, so I would say share your story and then ask those questions. And anybody that's that's worth their salt is going to just completely understand and know that. Um, And so I would ask those questions, you know, pertaining to that in light of sharing your story. So, um, but I think what I'm really saying that's underneath everything is, I think you need to trust the Lord Yeah, and you need to engage. Okay. That's good. So, um, it's if, hard. Yes. That's good. Yes. If God can handle creation and salvation, he can handle your situation. Yeah. And God blesses obedience. And if anybody knows how jacked up the church is, Jesus does. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I think yeah. trust the Lord. Um, yeah. But I think still use discernment. Yeah. And and then the second, you know, exhortation would be this. I think you need to guard your heart against bitterness. Yeah. Because we live in an era and our generation is horrible about this of of deconstructing but not reconstructing yeah so we're deconstructing every idea of church and man it was bad and this and you can go online and you can find a group of people to support you no matter what your issue is if you're like i love knitting blankets cats and ostriches you can find that group of people and they'll support you and rally around you yeah I follow that group. Yeah, right. Yeah. Rather than doing that, um, I think engage with with people that are going to challenge yeah. you. You know, in that's that good. sense. So, so I think trust the Lord and engage. Yeah, that's really good. And the final question: um, What would you say to our people at Westside to encourage them to be more like this family, this relational home, this mm. fiercely loyal family of believers yeah. to one another in a healthy, encouraging? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think we have to get into, and we've mentioned it on the podcast before, but Bowman's family systems theory. Yeah, we relate to a church family directly by the way in which we related to our earthly biological family. No question, yeah. psychologically proven. This yeah. is a fact. That's why leadership oftentimes gets you know either people that lash out at them because whether you like it or not, you represent sort of a father figure, yeah. and so. If people grew up with trauma in their home with their dad, they're, they're just going to react that way. So I think what I would say to our people is you need to explore your wounds. You need to know what they are. Self-awareness, oh, man, is so highly undervalued. Somebody that is self-aware. like We're like, aware of everyone and everything around us. Yes, but ourselves. Degree. Yep. But ourselves. And yeah. so, you know, like Danny this weekend, who uh. was just this grandfather speaking life into our church. Yeah. Danny is somebody who is so self-aware and emotionally healthy. And so I would say first and foremost, you know, you need to know what your wounds are. And then secondly, um, I think you need to be 
discussing those and helping having the church family help you with those. You yeah. you have to invite people in. Yeah. So and so, there's and there's there's the conversation about that because the, re- the reason that is difficult is because of shame. Sure. Hundred um, percent. Shame is a huge issue because um, we're good at throwing it on everyone else. Hundred um, percent. And it's really difficult to address and be honest and open about what we're struggling with because we don't want to receive that shame yeah. or experience it by giving it to ourselves. Yeah. How do we address that without shame? Yeah, you know, there's this verse in Proverbs that I love that says, he who makes friends shows himself friendly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just love that. It's just like, well, you don't have friends because you're mean. Because you're mean. Because you're mean. You know what I mean? And 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 I think the exhortation is, is if you want to be pursued, then you pursue. Yeah. You know, it's very easy to sit on the sideline and say, nobody talked to me, nobody did this. I think, I think in order, you got to invite people in invite people in on that. And so I think that's a big deal. And then I just think honesty. I heard a guy say this and I'll never forget it. Honesty is the currency of intimacy. Yeah. So the currency that you exchange in an intimate relationship is trust and honesty. That's why when trust and honesty is broken, it's lost in buckets and built in drops. And so honesty is the currency of intimacy. Yeah. I think when you invite people in and you're honest as to where I am, then you're trusting the Lord. Yeah, that's good. That's really, really good. Well, I'm going to close out this section. Um, this is my favorite psalm. Um, and it, the fir- when it first came to mind, I was like, this doesn't relate. Um, but it actually does because most of the psalms, all of these would have been sung not just by David, but by the people of Israel. They would have sang these aloud together. Um so I'm going to read from Psalm chapter 27, uh, and I'm going to change the eyes to wheeze for like a corporate, it's good. a corporate setting, um, and then we'll close out this section, and we'll talk about something else before we finish up here. Psalm 27, the Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom shall we fear? The Lord is the stronghold of our lives. Of whom shall we be afraid? When evildoers assail us to eat up our flesh, our adversaries and our foes, it's they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamps against us, our hearts won't fear. And though war rises against us, we'll be confident. One thing that we've asked of the Lord and that we'll seek after is that we may dwell in his house forever, Mm. all the days of our lives, to gaze on his beauty and to inquire, ask questions, to meditate in his temple. Yeah, that's good. It's good news, man. It's it's the reason that we gather together. We are not saved individually. We're saved as a people, and we can be fiercely loyal to one another as a people and as a family. Yes. That's good news, man. Well, let's transition here. Let's transition. We're about a half hour into this thing. We got a little bit of time. Let's talk about Easter. Yeah, man. It's exciting. 2021. So if you haven't heard by now, um, where are we doing Easter, Jason? We are doing Easter at the historic Rogers Theater yeah. in Popper Bluff, Missouri. The Rogers Theater. They yeah, just man. got a new marquee last year. They it did. It's really nice they outside. Did. We're really excited to partner with them, um, and we'll talk a little bit about what we're doing there. But I just want to pause for a second and just ask the question, let me back it up with this story. Years ago, when my wife and I were engaged, um, which was like over 10 years, well, we're coming up on 10 years of marriage this Decade. year. When we were engaged, she gave me a book to read, um, and it was called God is the Gospel, John mm, Piper, yeah. um, and it was all about Easter. And uh, I'd never really, Easter for me growing up had always just been like the basket and the bunny and mm-hmm. the chocolates and stuff, um, never really like fully grasped or understood just the the story of Easter and the resurrection of Jesus. Um, And so that for me was kind of my 
my relationship with this holiday that was just on a calendar that meant the dining room table looked different when I came down. That sure. Morning. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Right. Why do we celebrate and care so much about Easter? Yeah, man. Why? It, it's the thing. It's the thing that drives everything, the resurrection. And yeah. so, um, you know, I had somebody ask a question once, where would you have rather been um, in, in the stable or the cave when he was born, at mm. the cross when he died, or at the tomb when he it's rose? It's a great question. It's a great question. Yeah. I struggle and lean towards the cross, but the disciples who even witnessed the crucifixion didn't get it yeah. until the resurrection. And yeah. Jesus said that. You know, you, you won't understand what I'm saying until in three days they tear this temple down and God raises it back up. Yeah. And so, and then we see in Luke 24 that starting with the prophets and Moses and the Psalms, that he taught them in a Bible study everything viewing through the resurrection. Yeah. So the resurrection is like the glasses and the lens that we look through and read scripture. Yeah. It is our hope. Yeah. It is our assurance. Yes. It is that the check has cleared. It is the receipt for the payment of our sins. Yeah. And so it's everything. And it's not just the guy that we worship is resurrected. Right. That passes to us. Yep. That's why this is such good news. That yes. it's it's not it's not just our God and our King who is now alive again forever and physically somewhere. I love yes. how you say that. Um, but it's also that as 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 Galatians says, that that once we were dead in our sins and our trespasses, but now because of the the love of God and the mercy of God, we're now we we are now made alive together with Christ. Yes, He saved us by His grace, and so, so it's already and not yet. All, yeah. already is that Jesus, as Colossians would say, is the first fruit of the resurrection. Yeah, He's the first person to be raised uh, to to eternal life and yeah. not die. But it's also coming for us. That's what history. That's what. The cosmos yeah. is driving to yeah. for us, and, th and that's why we focus. Like that's why we talk so much about family and about being and honesty and being honest and upfront with people. Because what that passage says in Galatians is, "But God, who is who is rich in mercy, and because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and yeah. sins, even when we were lost and broken and in that in that darkness, couldn't do anything for ourselves because we were dead. He made us alive together with Christ, and so that's why it's good news for us, and that's why it's helpful for us to be honest with ourselves about what we're struggling with. Because yes. regardless of what is dead, we believe that if if God can raise Jesus, if Jesus can come back to life and be resurrected from the dead. If that really happened, then anything can be resurrected. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So what's the theme for this year? What's the theme for Easter this year? Yeah, man. The theme this year is kind of grave and garden. So we we will be doing a Good Friday service that yeah. Friday at 6 p.m. at the church. Yeah. Um, a very somber, a very dark, a very non-celebratory yeah. um, remembering the cross moment of meditation yeah. about the grave and death and mortality and all of that. Why do we do our Good Friday service that way? Why is it somber and not celebratory? Yeah, because that's God died. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm laughing, but it's just yeah, like, that's great. That's right? really good. I mean, that's um, yeah. You know, one of the things we're talking about in Luke's account, everybody responds to the cross, even creation. Mm, For yeah. three hours, it was dark, so everything yeah. in the cosmos responds to this. Yes. Yeah, man. And before you can have a resurrection, you have to have a crucifixion, yeah. a payment for sin. And so we remember, as the song says, our sin that held him there, yeah. our voice among the mockers. Yeah. Um, and so we, we remember that. And then this year for Easter, you know, we're celebrating this idea of, of the garden, that God takes something. This is the story of the Bible yeah. that, you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians that 
The cross is foolishness. Yeah. That it does the, the way God works is foolishness to the world. That that up is down. That victory comes through defeat. Yeah. That life comes through death. Um, and we're just celebrating that God turns a grave, something that was dead, into a garden that represents yeah. life. And man, listen, we can just get to preaching now, but. In light of the pandemic, in light of living in the shadow of death over this past year, yeah. in light of um, the number one leading cause of death outside of the pandemic is suicide, yeah. divorce rates are up, alcoholism is through the roof. I mean, there is brokenness. There is death. Everybody is staring at a grave. And Jesus comes along and says, I can make life out of that. Yeah. And that's what we're going to celebrate. That's what we're going to herald. That's good. That's really good. Well, the last couple of years, we'd, we'd done a theme. We did some Easter, uh, I'm not even going to say it. At our Easter events, we did what if. Sure. Uh, what if it's all true? What if the resurrection is really true? And then we did what now? So right. if it's all true, like, what do I do with this? And then COVID hit. We celebrated Easter last year, like, from our phones and our homes. Right. I'll never forget us recording that. Um, Quarantine. I want to share that for a second. Like, we... So... So we had, we had cameras set up and everything, and we what a lot of people don't know is we recorded our East our Good Friday service and our Easter service back to back, back to back. So like we both wore dark clothing. Yep. Uh, we changed the lighting in the chapel and sure. everything. Very somber. Read a lot from Psalm twenty two. Lots of moments of silence. Um, and then I mean we ended it on a dark and somber moment. And then we both sighed, went to the bathroom, changed into bright colors, yes. and came in and celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ coaster, and did all man. of his service. And, yeah. and what, let me tell you what I'm thankful for about this. I'm thankful this year that we get to do this together and experience those emotions um, in a yes. little more proper timing with our people um, and process them uh, a little more spread apart, give a little more time for that. Um, but also just to be in one location together. Yes, man. I think, man, through yeah. through the common grace of the vaccine yeah. and um, our numbers on the decline and stuff like that, there is an angst yeah. for people, man, to come back yeah. together and celebrate. It was a yeah. few Sundays ago that people came up and we had changed a few things and people came up and just said, today meant so much to me Yeah, to be with people, to... Um, man, it, I mean, I mean, people are longing for it, longing yeah. for it, you yeah. know? So yes, I That's agree. Good. So graves into gardens. If yeah. the resurrection is true, guys, we believe that nothing is so dead it can't be resurrected. Yes. Marriages, friendships, bitterness between family members, addictions, you name it. It can come back to life in the name of Jesus. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Let's talk about some details before we bounce from this thing. What yeah, man. Uh, I don't know the address, but everyone knows where the Rogers is, the right? Historic <laughs> Rogers the Historic Theater. Yeah, Rogers downtown. Theater. Why don't you tell them yeah. one of the things that we're doing, kind of the focal point as the mission. So we've always used Easter yeah, yeah. as a mission aspect because yeah. the great because the stones rolled away. Yeah, yeah, totally. So we talked about a little bit. So the the Rogers has sort of been like, and this is no this is no slam on on our community, but the Rogers has sort of been this like decaying and dying area, dilapidated. Downtown. Yeah, dilapidated. That's right. And you have some history and experience in the Rogers the right. services and stuff there. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, and we were talking about it, and they actually have this 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 organization as part of the Rogers, that's called, is it called Restoring the Rogers? Restoring the Rogers. Restoring the Rogers. And we were just talking and we thought, hey, it might be a good idea. What if when we gathered, whoever shows up, we take up an offering and rather than just kind of taking an offering and, and holding it for ourselves or delegating or whatever, we just give, we give the entire offering to the Rogers. And we're matching as a church every dollar yeah. that people give. Yeah. So yes. we're going to have an offering on, on Easter Sunday, April 4th at 10 a.m. when yeah. we do our Easter service at the Rogers. And we t are going to take up that offering and whatever we collect as a church, we're going to match and we're going to give it 
to the Rogers. Yes. And, and so they can use it to restore, to rebuild, to remodel, to resurrect this place downtown. Yes. And serve as a place where the community can come together. And I know that they have a board now that's like bringing in some some diversity of artists and stuff like that. So it couldn't be a better time to to pump resources into the revitalization of something that is so awesome in our yes. community. Yes. Really, really excited about that. So um, so details. Uh, it's going to be at the Rogers, Easter Sunday, April 4th, 10 a.m. Yep. Uh, you can sort of fend for yourself for parking. There's a lot of places that you can park. We'll have guys in some vests around the building kind of because it's downtown, sort of an urban setting, meaning, you know, the downtown sort of location. And so um, there's a parking lot across the street that is going to be reserved for handicap and and people that need to uh, park close to the building. There will be people in vests kind of all around letting you know that, hey, this is a good parking spot and stuff like that. And then inside, tell them what's going to be happening inside. As as you come in, um, you and your family are going to get a gift bag for the kiddos um we know that uh and when it comes by you and i know when it comes to having toddlers and making them sit still for an hour it yes. can be a nightmare so you'll have there'll be some like colors and stuff in there and things for uh like coloring books and stuff like that for them to kind of keep some time but they'll get they'll get a, a cool little gift bag coming in uh and then when you come into the lobby we'll have a table full of bibles some cards about who we are the concession stand's going to be open i mean get you and, a butterfinger yeah get you one of those and then as we come into the chapel we're gonna we're gonna read some of god's word aloud together and we are going to like shoot, we're gonna have blast confetti everywhere yeah, when we say he is risen. Indeed. Also, outside, we're gonna have somebody with balloon animals yeah. giving them to kids. There's yep. gonna be a photo booth yeah. for the family. Yep. Yes, yeah. All of this is because we want to celebrate like Jesus rose from the grave. Yes, man. like he's actually alive. Yes, that this is the core. This is the this is the central foundational point. Because if he never rose from the grave, then what's the point? Like Jesus is alive. Yes, Jesus Paul, Paul is alive. would say that 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 our salvation and we're dead in our sins and the salvation is in vain yeah we are of most people to be pitied yeah if, wow if our hope is in the cross without the resurrection we mm. are to be heavily pitied yes yeah so that's it that's all of it come bring your friends bring your family uh easter at the roger or easter at the rogers and here's where, what we're asking yeah we've got some invite cards if you're a west side church member listening to this but what we're asking is for you to cash into those relationships. Yeah. The statistics of a non-believer or somebody who doesn't go to church, if they're asked by a church member to attend Easter, is in like the 90th percentile, that they would say, sure, yeah. absolutely, yeah. I'll go to that. Yeah. And so we're asking you to cash into those friendships and those relationships to go, hey, love you, let's eat lunch afterwards, yeah. no strings attached, but come and celebrate and see what this is about. Yeah, so we're asking that of you. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. I'm really excited about it. Yes. We're all really excited about it as a church, and it's super fun to be kind of uh, back in the trenches together when it comes to something as awesome as Easter. So, Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't have anything else for today on the rest of the sermon. Jason, you got anything for us? I got one thing. Yeah. What is your favorite song? My f- oh my! Gosh. I know you're a music guy, but oh but, my god! But here's the parameter. Yeah, yeah. It's like you need inspiration. It's yeah. a rainy day. You need to get going. Yeah. You need to tap into something. Lay down, Sally. Eric Clapton. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why? Um, the first time I heard that song, there was something about it that sounded old and new. Mm. Um, it sounded familiar. Uh, when it comes to like, like, that older style of, of country twang um, sure. mixed with like blues and rock a little bit good. Um, uh, a little backwoodsy but uh, also new with like 
the the driving nature of it, and it's like a love song. So love it. Um. So yeah, absolutely, Great. absolutely love that song. That's one of my favorites. It's it's the one that just came to mind. I it probably answer that different every week. I know. <laughs> but, I know. It's tough. That's but tough. What about you? What Credence song is Ooh, your favorite? Yeah. No, I like those guys to have them on in the background for sure. Man, I think for me, like I love. I mean, I, I think you can put on Sgt. Pepper's yeah. and not touch a button. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the first albums that had a theme. Yeah. Every song bleeds into the next one. Yeah. Um, all of that. Now you got me thinking about the Beatles, and I thought my answer's wrong now. No, no, <laughs> no. And for me, there's just nostalgia there with my father and everything like yeah. that. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's – apart from, like, I'm also a big hip-hop fan, but that's a whole different – Is there a song on Sgt. Pepper's that you would – that stands out to you? I mean, that's where you have a day in the life, yeah. you know, and so, um, love, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And then you have strawberry fields, mm-hmm. you have Lucy in the sky, Yeah, you have the circus. I mean, you have good, that's all on one album. <laughs> that's one album. I mean, goodness, man. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I just love it that you can put it in and not touch a button. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us on the rest of the sermon. Uh, ben Hardman and the guys from Grace, thank you so much for thank coming you. out this weekend. Uh, thanks for pouring out your hearts uh, to love and to lead us this weekend. And um, if you have any questions about who we are as a church, you can visit us in person at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at Westside Church of God for our services. That's 2807 Shannon Drive in Poplar Bluff. And you can visit our live stream online at 11 a.m. on Facebook. You can visit our website at westsidepb.org. If you have any questions that you want us to answer right here and now on this podcast and the rest of the sermon, you can send those to info at westsidepb.org. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, may everything that we say and do be all about Jesus. Jesus.